You guys yeah. look so nice on my screen. Do I look all grainy? On mine, I look all grainy. And... Are you on computer? Yeah. What year? Dude, I just, I just bought it earlier this year. Huh. No, <laughs> it looks like an 08. You might have to go into your settings or something and change it to HD. Yeah. When you, click, when you click the video button, that little arrow up, does it say FaceTime HD camera? Where's the video thing? Down at the bottom left? Yeah. I'm going to include all of this at the top, by the way, guys. It's pretty Yeah, cool. you should. It's, yeah, it says FaceTime HD camera. Former MLS stars trying to figure out Zoom call. <laughs> Dad trying to understand technology. Dadnology. Listen to this. Sakamani, the flying winger. It's Brad Evans. It's Steve. It's Steve. Who is it? It's Brad Evans. <laughs> Happy days are here again. Turning with a drive, it's Steve Zakawani! Evans with the left foot! He's an attacking threat, Brad Evans. This is so weird. The party has started. All right, everybody, we have a special, special podcast this week. It is no longer Winging It with Zach and Brad this week. It is Winging It with Zach and Chad. Uh, my good friend Chad Marshall jumping in for Steve. Steve is, um, well, let's just say he is over the pond. Um, Chad Marshall, welcome to the show, dude. Thanks for joining. Oh, thanks for having me, man. Co-hosting a um, podcast, first time. Yeah, it, you know, we you know we talked about doing a podcast, you and I, like what, like a year ago or something. Yeah, and Chad and Brad, just- and the name, the name plays. I know, and and we were just kind of like going to talk trash on all MLS teams, and you know what are they doing out there, and you know making fun of coaches, and of uh, talking bourbon, whiskeys, you know things like that, and uh, it just didn't happen. But there, there's still time. It's yeah, not like is, we're we're not going anywhere. This is the trial run, maybe. This is it, man. Okay. Um, first, I, I want to check in. I know that all the fans are, you know, they're constantly asking me what you're doing, and. I want to know from you what's going on. It's been, you know, uh, what, a year and a half now since hanging up the boots? Yeah. And uh, what's the word? So I currently live in uh, Carmel, Indiana. So that's where the wife's from. It was kind of always the plan uh, throughout my playing career. Dragged the wife around the country long enough that, you know, when I was done, we would move back here so she could be closer to her family. Um, so I've been doing that. Obviously, it's been a really strange year to, to move to a new city and, you know, trying to experience that. Um, but, it, but it's good. It's nice. It's nice to be around family. Uh, I haven't been around her family too much over the last, whatever, 10 years that we've been together. So it's nice to, to see them on, on a daily basis um, in a safe way, obviously. But uh, yeah, it's been good. But I'm just just dad life in it. Two kids now. Yeah. So what's the day in the life of Chad Marshall right now? Like wake up to to bedtime. That's what that's what we want to know. That's what you want to know. So I get I get up. Probably wa- probably watch TV while consuming two to three cups of coffee. But today today I went through my youngest daughter's entire wardrobe, and threw away or not threw away, but like boxed up all the stuff that doesn't fit her anymore because I was so sick of like giving her a bath and like trying to find an outfit and all her drawers are full of stuff that's too small. So so, so that's what I, that was my exciting day today, Brad. Hey, I mean, that's some fall cleaning is what they call it. Yeah. But don't, these kids grow so fast. You could do that like every single week and you'd never catch up, right? Yeah. 
It's it's insane. The young, they they yeah. she grows so fast, and she's a marshal, so she's got a giant head and this big already. Yeah. So. She's just stretching out all the collars on her shirts already. <laughs> Dude, I was trying to get like a eighteen month <laughs> shirt over her head today, and I was like, God, "You're only you're only twelve months, you know? Like, <laughs> it shouldn't be a problem." But I had to toss in it. True, in, in true martial fashion, um, what about what about job? What's any any prospects on the horizon? Any dreams, aspirations? Or are we still just figuring it out? Still figuring it out. Obviously, it's been a w- weird year moving here. I don't know a ton of people here. I was kind of hoping this year I could branch out, network, meet some people, but I mean, that's not happening during COVID time. So uh, I'm just enjoying family time, man, being a dad, uh, debating whether I, you know, finish up school if I need to do that. Um, but yeah, I don't know, man. That, that's, that's, well, the, that's the burning question, the, the every birthday question. What are you doing with your life, Jeff? Yeah. It, you know, oftentimes I'm sure there's tons of people on this podcast that would love to offer you a job, but that would require uprooting the family once again and getting them out, however, which I'm all for, by the way, I'm all for getting back out here and uh, planting some roots out here. But um, Seattle, that'd be great. Man. Yeah, that'd be pretty fun. You know, I was talking with Hauschka just retired and he was kind of calm because he's got two kids too. And they're just a little bit younger than uh, Jones is a little bit younger than Addy, but he was saying just how, you know, that, that decision is difficult because the horizon, you don't really know as much as these sports teams can uh, and leagues can say that they provide, you know, this access to things that you want to do after call or after playing professional sports. It's the reality is it's never the same, but he had mentioned like this, this time that he's had with his family throughout this year that he hasn't been kicking. Um, is something that wasn't expected because he was so wrapped up in soccer. And I think that you're experiencing that now too. It's just like this real connection with your kids, which I'm sure is something that you're enjoying. Yeah, it's great. And, you know, Addie, Addie is my oldest, but you know, what she, what she knew of me when she was younger is like, Oh yeah, dad would, you know, leave for three or four days at a time, you know, preseason he's gone for, for three weeks, you know, you, you, you miss some big stuff. So it is, it is nice. And this time to, you know, be there at be there today. I was at the, at the bus stop waiting for her to get back. You know, um, like like helping helping the wife out, changing diapers, that kind of stuff. Like it's 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 cool to be around more and I don't know, watch your kids grow rather than you know occasionally <laughs> see them every three weeks during like preseason time. So right. All right, let's let's jump into this Sounders um, team for 2020. You've watched from afar. Um, I've, I've been lucky enough to be in the stadium for some of the games, but I know you know, with no fans, it's, it's kind of weird to really assess this team and, and get a grasp. But what, what have you seen from this team this year? I know you watch every game um, and, and why they're so good again, how they're so good again, and what makes them, you know, even though they're going to Columbus, a, a favorite to win another MLS Cup. Yeah, I just, they just, they just seem to know who they are and, and what works, you know. Um, and they're obviously a good good group of guys, which I think is always, always the base for, for any team is like, how good is that locker room? And during my, you know, five and a half years there in Seattle, like we always had an incredible locker room guys, guys love each other, um, want the best for each other and, and really buy into the team. And Schmitz has kind of implemented that, that mindset, you know, it's all about the team. That's been his thing from, from day one team first. Um, and guys have just bought in. And I think, you know, you're seeing with this team, what, what happens when you, when you do that. Um, and I think, I think, I think you tweeted maybe maybe a little while back. Like, 
when I don't know if it's like Jordan or Nico or someone else got the goal, but like Raul is like just as happy, like as if, if he had scored the goal, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's, I think that's rare. Um, it's really in sports, rare. Sports these days. So when you, when you got that kind of stuff, like happening, I think it's only just going to breed success for your club. Yeah. I think for some reason that always sticks out with me and maybe, maybe it resonates with you because we were like team first guys and we never got the goals, never got the assists. So we were, even you were like the first one to come over and celebrate when, when, you know, guys were finishing. Um, but yeah, to see that is, I don't think fans really understand that like psychological aspect, especially for a guy like Jordan who he needs that, you know, and, and he, deep down he needs that. Right. I remember him, you know, telling the stories about having Clint on his bedroom when he was younger, right? Posters. And then you get there and it's Clint's a little hard nosed and, you know, wants the goals for himself. And Jordan's like, well, wait a minute. I just want to be on the team and like play with you and score goals. And then you see the flip side of that is like him scoring goals and Raul's like, you know, jumping all over him celebrating. Those are like little things that, you know, take it to the next level. I I think that the the Columbus team has that too. Like Giassi is a very unselfish uh, striker. Talk about your time in, in Columbus. I mean, these are two teams now that, you've played at for, for a long time, longer than most people play at, at, you know, even one team, I guess. Yeah. It's, um, it's exciting that like your two, two former clubs, you know, find themselves in this situation, you know, battling for an MLS cup, um, obviously become <laughs> tradition with Seattle. It's pretty much who's Seattle playing for <laughs> from the Eastern conference for MLS cup every year. But, um, yeah, Columbus was great. It's, uh, it's a, it's a good fan base. Um, I think everything that they've gone through, you know, the last few years, it's incredible that they find themselves in, in this position and just a testament to how much the fans and the city, you know, wanted them to stay and, and believed. And, you know, you got, got big ownership coming in with the Haslam's um, and, and Doc Edwards, you know, keeping them there. It's, it's cool to, to, to see them have this success this, this quickly after what they went through. And obviously they would, they would love to get, get a championship and I'm sure that would help them out with, <laughs> with uh, ticket sales and front office with their new stadium coming next year. So uh, it, it's a big games in, in a lot of regards. Yeah. Um, we'll talk about some tactics later, but I, I reminisce about Columbus. You know, I only spent two years there, but, and one of them, I was injured the whole time you were out that year too. And for some reason I think about that year a lot and just, you know, with Aaron Chandler in the house and playing guitar hero until three o'clock in the morning and, we'd pop our head in at training and then we'd check out and go to, you know, the gym and, uh, you know, get a smoothie and sit in the hot tub. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, I was like, what am I doing with my life at this time? Yeah. What, I think we why might am I here? Abuelo's Mexican restaurant, maybe oh. five nights a week. Like we dominated that place. Yeah. Dominated that place at lunchtime, right after training. We're drinking beers right after training. Uh, you got Montezuma's revenge. I remember that was an absolute disaster. Oh, <laughs> One of the, he lost like 30 pounds or something like that. One sitting. Um, what, what are your fondest memories of, of Columbus? And uh, you know, obviously I, w- I would assume the, you know, supporter shields um, MLS cup stick out. I'll tell you my fondest memory real fast is I, I do remember the championship game, but I remember that Eastern conference championship game against Chicago as, you know, one of the top five games I've ever played in. Yeah, I, I still say today that that was the best MLS game that I ever played in. We were, we were so evenly matched with Chicago that year. Um, I think the two, the two regular season meetings, I think we tied both of them. Um, so I think, and, you know, all respect to, I think it was 
It was New York and Salt Lake was the other yeah. semifinal. But I think whoever won that game was going to win MLS Cup. Um, and it was just incredible. You had the drama of, you know, Brian McBride being back back in Columbus before, you know, Chicago. Um, and it, it was just a huge game. I, I love, I love uh, you know, late fall games where it's dark early. You know, there's that crispness in the air. I miss mm-hmm. that from uh, – from CenturyLink or Lumen, is that what it's called now? Lumen, yeah. Uh, it's just it's just a different a different vibe uh, that time of year. You know, games matter so much, and yeah, that that was that's for me. That's that was the best best MLS game I, I was a part of. Yeah, those. The, I only spent two years there, and I only played something like maybe thirty five games. That was it. But it's still, when you win a championship, you have that connection forever. Oh, for right. I think if I was there and we didn't make the playoffs, I would have disregarded my time at Columbus because just there wasn't anything really special about it then. But the fact that, you know, you win a championship that really does stick with you forever. And those are the moments that, and I was so young at the time and and so were you. And we're like, man, some people don't ever get to play in an MLS cup. And, you know, we're winning one at such a young age. Um, So this, this list came out 25 MLS greatest players, right? Chad Marshall's on that list, obviously. Um, how does it feel to be on that list? I know it's, you know, they, they had a lot of people for over 400 people, um, you know, kind of build this list. And I think they took probably the aggregate score, but there was never a doubt that you weren't going to be on that list. What does that mean to you? It, it's, it's really cool, man. I'll, I'll be honest. I didn't even know something like that was happening. You know, I, I found out when, when everyone found out and it got posted on MLS soccer, but, uh, it's cool. You know, it's, it's always nice. Uh, I didn't, I didn't try and get too into accolades of that kind of stuff. Like when I was playing, you know, I always just kind of swept it under the rug, you know, I'm still playing, uh, but like, it's nice, it's nice to look back now that you're done and, and, you know, people feel like you did a good job. You're, you, you did, you did well. So, and, and be recognized for it. So uh, it's, it's exciting. You know, a lot of, a lot of guys on that list, you know, I, I looked up to, um, you know, coming through uh, obviously the, the center backs, you know, getting to play my, you know, first couple of years with a Robin Frazier uh, and learn from him, you know, just how to be a professional, how he carried himself was, was huge for me in my career, watching him win a, you know, defender of the year in 04. I think he was 36 years old when he won it. So um, it, it's just, it's just an honor. It's, it's really cool to, you know, that people, that people think you did a good job. So. Yeah. So, so looking at that list, who were the most difficult players to play against or, which, which players impress you the most? I guess that's two questions, but most difficult to play against. And then guys where you were like, Oh wow, that guy's legit. He really like people might not know now Sounders fans, right? This guy was sick. Yeah. I mean, I'd have to pull up, <laughs> I have to pull up the list to, to remember everybody, but I mean, the, the entire list is um, incredible. Obviously I think so Car- Carlos Bocanegra is from my area, he's actually played for the club team um, that I did growing up, obviously for, for an older um, age group. But I, I just, I always watch this dude and just love the way he played, played the game. I can't say that I tried to model my game after him, but cause I didn't have the, the, the speed that he had. Um, but from a, from an offensive, I mean, obviously Landon, I think, I think Robbie Keane was someone who when I first played against, having, having not had the experience of playing against him uh, before and, and kind of knowing what, it, what he was about, those first couple of times I played against him in Columbus, man, he, he, he toyed with me a couple of times. He had me running. <laughs> I remember one time 
they had a throw in on the right side and he made this check like he was going to the corner flag. And I turned, I turned to, to match his run and he immediately like turned back for the throw in. And I was like sp- sprinting towards the corner flag, like by myself. Like it was, I had never been juked that hard in my life. Like he created 30 yards of space in, in one move. It was incredible. But that dude was, like, was ridiculous. Yeah. Just, just so many good players on that list. Uh, yeah. You could talk about it for hours. I always want to know about Jaime Moreno because, you know, he, he was in the league when I, you know, was there, but I didn't really get the sense that he was, he was on a tail end, right? He was in his late thirties, but early on he was ridiculous. And I watched him and, and you obviously played against him, you know, close to his prime. Um, what was he like as a player? Was he more like in that Robbie Keane mold? Um. He, li- he liked to pick the ball up near midfield and then would just go on these crazy runs. And the, and the thing about him, the thing that uh, during my time with Columbus that they would always harp on is that, you know, he would, he would never lose the ball. Like he, the, his re- retention rate was something crazy. I remember him, him as, a, as a target forward, you know, like completing like 96% of like his touches. It was just, mm. it was just incredible. Like I think his, just his awareness of the game, the pockets to, to show up in, and then he would just go on these like meandering runs. He'd pick the ball up in midfield and like, it just seemed like he would just glide past people. You know, he had that, you know, few, few people have that where it's like, it doesn't seem like he's, he's fast, but he's still just gliding by people. Kind of like that, that Robbie Rogers where you're just like, right. he's just floating past people. He just ha- had that ability and could obviously, could obviously finish. But yeah, he was, that was, that was fun. That was, that was early on in my career. And I was a young guy trying to, trying to figure him out was, was a nightmare. Yeah, you go from college to now having to play against this Bolivian legend. Um, hey, talk to me about what's in your uh, in your liquor cabinet these days. Um, I know you're dabbling in something special. Yeah, the the, the <laughs> coronavirus has definitely definitely one thing one good thing coming out of, of 2020 is I've, I found bourbon. I don't I don't know <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why I never tried it before during my career. Maybe, maybe thank God I didn't, or it would have been 15 years shorter, but um, yeah, I love this stuff. I got, I got quite a collection. I probably got uh, going from nothing. I probably have, I'm probably sitting on 50, 60 bottles right now. So you have like a proper bar, dude, you should start charging. It's almost like um, prohibition days. You could just have Chad's Chad's lounge. And start inviting people over for testing. Hey, maybe on the next one we get a couple bo- bottles of bourbon and then we just do a a little taste test. Yeah, that'd be fun. I'm drinking yeah. uh Woodenville right now in honor of this nice podcast. Yeah, just just got to well, I mean it's been here for a few months, but cool to see them growing and they do good stuff, man. I, I got uh, that candle for my uh every year for my mother and father in law, that Woodenville candle. Yeah. It smells, it smells so good too. It's so good. Um, hey, if, if, if you're starting this weekend, you know, and you're going up against Zardes, what's the mindset going up against him? Like I, I always just thought, you know, when, when we played together in, at center back, I always just figured like, keep, just keep him in front of you the whole time. Give him a little bit of space, but keep him in front of you. And he's got a good touch, but his, he's not really like a playmaker. He's more just this finisher. So keep an eye on him and, and throughout the play, just keep him in front of you and be physical with him. Yeah. He kind of, he has that, that Taylor Twelman to him, you know, where you gotta, you gotta match every run because the one that you don't, 
Like he's going to, he's going to finish it. He's not going to, I mean, he probably has that ability to, you know, to beat you one V one, but that's really not what you see in film. You know, the, the, the square you up and, and run at you kind of thing. He's looking to get on the end of crosses. Um, and he's, he's got a great understanding with, with Zelleron and the outside backs on that team and, and even their wingers that they're, they're looking for him. And I mean, he's, for, since he's gone to Columbus, he's been in incredible form and obviously scoring a ton of goals. So it's definitely something that you know, Seattle's going to have to keep an eye on. Yeah. Um, let's break this thing down a little bit more. First, we're going to get Will Bruin on and uh, get his viewpoint. And, uh, and then we'll talk about the Sounders. We'll talk about the opponent a bit more and uh, we'll give some predictions. And um, hopefully we're talking about this next week as a, as a Sounders victory. So uh, we'll take a short break and uh, Will Bruin's up next. How are you guys doing? Yeah, were you coming back here or what? Is that the plan? I have no plans. I don't know. With two kids now, I don't even have time to think. It's so nice to go to Costco for like an hour, you know? Dude, you don't realize how much you like love to do now. I'm going to run to the grocery real quick. Come back two hours later. Oh, what'd you get? Nothing. I didn't get I just walked the aisle. (laughs) Yeah. Spent so much time at Target. It's... You guys are making me so excited to be in my 30s and have kids, I have to say. Oh, yeah. You Sounds, don't like have to. Sounds like a you lot of fun. You, you don't have to have kids, Keely. It's not a mandatory thing. You can just chill. All right, everybody. Excited to uh, have our next guest um, on the show this week, and, and he'll be able to preview Columbus match a little bit more. But the... Um, I, I guess he's a super sub now, uh, Mr. Will Bruin. Uh, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Uh, hey, uh, real fast, first question. Uh, talk about talk about the game and uh, you know what it meant to score that goal, getting in the instructions, um, everything that played into that. Yeah, that was a crazy game. Probably one of the craziest games of my career. Seventieth um, minute or whatever, around there, down to nothing. Just go in, kind of try to make something happen. Um, got on the end first touch was the goal so that was that was nice um then we got our second and third and once I looked back and watched the highlights I didn't realize the second goal was 89th minute and the third was for some reason I thought Raul's goal was a little earlier I knew Gustavs was at the very end but that's crazy that they were both the last five minutes of the game uh, I'm, I listened to your response with with Gustav after the game but like what were the instructions from Schmetz at that point was it just go get a goal or just throw your body around or what was he telling you? It'll be a tough uh, kid. You hit him. You hit the nail right on the head with both of them. Go throw your body around in the goal. Um, <laughs> show him how tough you are. No, it was. Uh, honestly, I wasn't really listening to be <laughs> to be completely honest with you. I was like, I just need to go in and try to make something happen. Um, cause some mayhem. Sort of throw the body around a little bit and uh, get some goals. And you know, it worked out. I guess. Well, you did. I, that. To... I thought you completely changed the game when you came on. This. Well, Brought to Thank life, you. the offense allowed Raul to kind of occupy some yeah. different spaces, and man, it, it really works. So, great job. Yeah, I think I think I give us a little different look up there up to, up top with Raul. Gives him a little more space. I think defenders have to worry about where I'm at at times, and that gives him a little more freedom. But it it worked out. So it's it's got to be tough as like uh, you know Minnesota's playing you know just against Raul, and then you come on and just kind of bash around, and like you said, mm-hmm. give a different look. Um, that's got to be super difficult for, for center backs and especially at home. I think teams can handle that 
in their home field better yeah. than an away team can come to CenturyLink. Um, but right, right after Gustav scored, um, I heard this like wail of a scream. Yeah! I'm not and I didn't. I, I don't know, dude. I've I've watched a couple <laughs> replays on Twitter. And do, do you not remember that moment? Or no, I don't. Cool? I don't. I blacked out completely, but. Caitlin, my <laughs> wife, is like 100% thinks that it's me. <laughs> I'm trying to deny it. Um, she's shown me all the evidence of like, look, this is right to a T. And I said, I'm too far away from the microphone, so I don't know. But I guess we'll never know. <laughs> I, I actually thought it was, um, initially, I thought it was Gonzo when he was celebrating next to We'll Schmitz. go with that one, yeah. <laughs> but then I just... I think that you could hit that uh, note much better than Gonzo ever could. It was yeah, so that's good. True. <laughs> uh, it definitely wasn't me, guys. <laughs> so everyone's kind of heard the story of you with with the with the box <laughs> that chasing <laughs> you down. Yeah, and I know. I know Seattle like sports science departments all about their their tracking and their GPS. Oh, and yeah, that's all. I just want to know, like, what's what speed did you hit, like chasing this dude down? If you got oh. a GPS monitor up. Was so this like an easy thing? Or I'm picturing like Mr. Larson, Happy Gilmore. 100% Mr. Larson. <laughs> Mr. Gilmore's jacket. High knees, <laughs> arms going up, Birkenstock sandals on with socks, just cruising Big down the turn. hill. I, I'd say I probably hit like, you know, 10-8, 10-9, you know? 10-8. You're like new <laughs> numbers. You were, you were new. Oh, for here. sure, yeah. <laughs> but if I would have fallen going downhill, it would have been bad. Oh, um, oh. Next day in the locker room, people are like, hey, your hamstring's okay. I'm like, God, I settle down, everybody. I'm okay. <laughs> Did you, like, rip him off the bike and, like, rough him up a little bit at least? Or no, because, like, snap it? So was we, he just, like, a, a nice bum? He was a nice bum. I was surprised because I was in full, like, <laughs> fight or flight mode, and I didn't really yeah. know. I know. You never know how you're going to respond to these things. And, you know, I got the alert on our ring camera, and the UPS man dropped off the packages. I'm like, okay, cool, whatever. I'm rocking Cohen. <laughs> Two minutes later, another alert, which is really weird just for that to happen. And then I was like, I'm going to look at this one on my watch real quick, see a guy walking his bike up our driveway. And we got a pretty steep driveway, so not many people come up there other than – delivery guys i'm like oh hell no and then i threw cohen down on the couch well propped him up because he's been throwing up everywhere but um <laughs> propped him up said caitlin watch him took off down the street i caught him i caught up to him probably like a half mile away he's waiting across um a busy street like so the traffic actually kind of saved us and he looked over and you could see like the side uh, like the disappointment in his eyes like oh man like you Got caught me in the first thing he said was, dude, you're fast. I'm so sorry. And like handing me the packages back. He goes, I'm just going through a really tough time right now. I was like, I get it. It's 2020. Everybody's going through a really tough time right now, but don't be stealing my effing packages. And he was like, okay, I'm sorry, man. So my, my, ba my baby bibs and pacifiers. Yeah. It's like, what, what are you going to do? You're going to go pawn those for some money. You're not going to get anything out of some stockings. Was he, was he a big dude? Like if he, if he squared up, was it, was it going down right there? No, I didn't. He was like, I mean, on his bike, I think he looked, he was probably a little smaller than me, but I mean, people started asking like, what, what would you have done if you pulled out a knife or a gun? I was like, I didn't think that far. I'm, I'm like, literally I have the screw in my head, like Mr. Larson. <laughs> like, get back here. So thank, thank goodness. Nothing happened. He didn't have anything, but um, then he was like, like you guys said, he was a nice bum. That's an all time memorable story. I love that. Yeah, that was, it was crazy. I was watching IU football at the time. <laughs> 
Yeah. All right, sw- switching gears to to soccer. Um, you know, obviously it, it was a massive win. You guys were, you know, down two nil, and then you know you come back, and the emotions are at just like an all time high, right? What I was just watching yeah. the Keeley posted all the you know the, uh, the calls of the goal in the different yeah. languages, and I'm still getting like the feels from it. Yeah. How do you guys manage those? Um, feelings and emotions now that you kind of have to you know not suppress them but you can't come out like that in this game because it's going to be a tough opponent Um, well for sure how do you guys do that that's such like that game you're at such a high and it's such like an awesome feeling to get three goals in 20 minutes come back and win in such a big um you know such a big game but then like you said there's still one more game left so we kind of got to you know, say it happened, it's over with, we enjoyed it that night, but now we gotta, we gotta really make sure that it, it's worth it because if we show up on Saturday and we don't have a good performance and how much does that previous Western conference final ch- game really mean? Because we didn't get our ultimate goal of MLS cup. So I think um, guys understand that like, okay, it was awesome that it happened. It was cool to win that trophy, but there's still one more, the big trophy out there. And we don't want, we want that game to win to mean more with an MLS cup, not runners up. Absolutely. Do you think that the, how does the game plan change say from last year where you're hosting MLS cup, Schmetz is notorious for at home, impose yourself on another team, go at them where here you're away. I mean, the team does have experience of that with, with Toronto, but yeah. On on short rest, normally you're you're sitting around waiting for this game for, for a couple Mm -hmm. weeks, even, but quick turnaround. Like how does that change going into it's it definitely is tougher because we haven't had to go on the road this uh, this postseason yet so um you know it definitely gives us a different look but i think the way we've performed on the road this year in general has been pretty good we haven't really sat in um on the road i think we we still have played our same style um so i think if we can kind of first 15 10 15 minutes kind of get possession kind of make a impose like our style of play on them instead of just sitting back and letting them letting the Nagbees and our tours and and Zilla Ryans get the ball and do what they want to do with it because then that's 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 going to be a long game um we just need to make sure that we press high kind of approach it like it's a home game you know we're not going to sit back and just absorb things because that's not the type of team we are um but you know I think we got creative guys going forward that we can get some goals as well I think you, 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 you've got creative guys and you've got experienced guys. And I think that this would be a bigger storyline. And it's something you mentioned the other night. This is your fifth MLS Cup appearance, right? Yeah. yeah. And, and I think that that would get more attention. But the fact that now you're with the Sounders and this team has been to, you know, so many championship games. Yeah. Um, I don't think people understand how big of a deal that is. But to have that championship mentality and to have that experience, especially a guy that's played in MLS for a long time, like those are Uh invaluable things. And right now to be able to bring you off the bench is, you know, it's not a secret weapon. Everyone knows who you are, but are you playing off that a little bit with the guys? I I know that this locker room has been in these games before, but is there any talk from you about, Hey, I've been here before and and this is kind of what it looks and feels like. Um, You know, I think, like you said, we, the the majority of the group has been in a lot of big games. So I think there's kind of that unspoken, um, you know, confidence that guys know guys have trust in each other. We know that everybody's been in big games. There's maybe you trickle some new guys in here and there that, that, that haven't, but I think there's a calm in our team. Um, and like you said, if I am able to come in off the bench and make an impact, I don't, I think, you know, it's, it's not something I'm not used to. So I'll be able, I'm not, the moment's not going to be too big. I'm not going to, 
be worried about it. I'm going to go out and do my thing and, you know, hopefully help, help us win another championship. Well, on a personal note, like what's left in the tank? I mean, you go to, in your career, you go to MLS cup every other year. You still, you still oh, I got to keep it going. <laughs> yeah. I mean, obviously you had the, had the, the injury time off, which <laughs> I'm sure uh, had you itching to come back. Like yeah. there, there are a ton left in the tank guy. How, how long are you going for? Uh, honestly, I think so. I feel good. I want to play. I'm 31 right now. I want to play until I'm, you know, 35. That's always been, been my goal. But um, like you said, I've had that this past I'll say two years, even though the injury was last summer. Um, it's been good for my body just to like kind of have some, I mean, still rehabbing, but you're having some time off of the grind every day and pounding of games and everything. So, you know, I think it's been good for me. And lately this last few months, I've been feeling really good at training and, and playing well. So, you know, I, I'm kind of looking at it as like, Hey, let's get part two of the career going. Uh Chad, what what would you give to be 31 years old again? Oh my god, man, dude! I'm not sure. Well, I'm any like limits. I'm like top three, four, five oldest guys on the team now. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy how quickly it comes to. I know. It's I got two kids. 31. What's going on here? Where's time going? Hey, my my last question is: I want to know what Chad you remember from 2019 MLS Cup, and uh, Will. I guess I'll ask you the the fo- the final question. Will be the the same as Chad's. But yeah, there we go. Chad, lead us off. <laughs> oh man, yeah, we uh, that was that was a fun day. I had I had some drinks, some, some, some drinks were had. I mean, I was, with, I was with Brad Freeberg. Uh, man, we had that that concert thing beforehand, and there was the bar next door, so we were this. We just went in there like for a quiet one, and you know, Sounders fans were going nuts buying us Jello shots. So. <laughs> I think I carried, Classic, carried the trophy runner. out at some point. Pretty sure I carried the trophy out and did a post game interview that I could tell you not one word that I said. But... <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's like that. uh, that's like old school Will Ferrell's characters. I'll, I'm just gonna do one. Yeah. All right, fill it up again. Fill it up again. Mike, yeah, it was it was a rough day. No, that's good. Yeah, I actually uh, I actually watched it in the family suite. That was it was a long year last year. That was one of the games where I'm like, I'm not, I'm gonna. Just enjoy it in the moment, watch it now, and then it, celebrate after and after, you know, yeah, had some beers, had game. some drinks, and celebration. Yeah, it, uh, <laughs> I woke up the next day. Like, it's got to be a great feeling to, to, you know, watch that game. It's got to be really difficult. Uh, but then yeah. to turn around and, and do the work and do the rehab, and then now you find yourself in a position where – Hey, with, without your goal, this team isn't sitting at another MLS Cup. And, and those are sometimes the most gratifying feelings. So kudos to you. Best of luck this weekend. Uh, keep grinding. And, um, you know, your, your, your leadership is, has, uh, and experience has shown itself to be invaluable. All right, massive thank you to Will. His uh, insight and stories are always um, awesome. You know, I've done a couple of appearances with him, um, you know, with Sounder at Heart and, uh, you know, some ECS stuff. And honestly, I, I, I think actually all three of us, four of us with Steve could sit for, you know, an hour and a half, two hours and just talk about soccer and, and stories that we reminisce about MLS. It's so good. Um, you know, he, he kind of cued it up that this Columbus team is going to be difficult, but the Sounders are, are riding on this high um tactically what do the sounders do in columbus do they have to change in in your perspective or is it 
hey, let's, uh, let's feel it out and, and play our game like LAFC last year? That's, that's what I'm interested to see because I, I really don't know, um, you know, on, on quick turnaround, short rest, how, how the Sounders approach this game because, um, you know, you don't, you don't want to let the crew have too much of the ball and completely control the game. You got guys like Dar- Darlington, Artur, who can, who can boss the game in midfield and you don't want to just be, you know, defending the whole time. But at the same time, if you get them overconfident going forward, I, I love a Jordan Morris on the counterattack, you know. Um, I think, you know, they like to get their outside backs forward, especially um, awful on the, on the right side. And, you know, if you can exploit that with Jordan going the other way, um, it could be a good thing for, for Sounders fans. Yeah, I, I always think, you know, when, when a striker or a player of Jordan's caliber um, doesn't score for a couple of games, he's always due for, for one or two. Uh, and he almost banged that one in. I mean, he couldn't have struck that ball any cleaner with his left foot. Oh, my gosh. Almost knocked down the crossbar. That was, that was incredible. Just and you know that he's – yeah, he is, he's, he's frothing at the mouth right now. But I think the – you know, the, the Sounders have to go in and impose their game, like you said. And there will be – I think Columbus will come out flying, um, as they should. They're at home. They've, they've got – actually, they've got fans in the stands, which will be interesting for the Sounders, not – having played in front of anybody since, you know, last year um, or, or earlier this year, I guess. feels like last year. Yeah. Um, so they got to come out flying. Uh, Jordan's got to be on. Raul has got to be on. Um, in, in terms of the lineup, what, what do you do if you're Schmetzer heading into this game? Any changes? It'll be interesting to see what he, what he wants to do at right back, I think. Um, I think he'd like to play – play Kelvin. Um, but does he feel like Kelvin's had enough game time um, to put, to put him to feel safe, putting him in there. And obviously Alex has been, I think he's been incredible over the last month and a half, you know, he's done, he's done a great job at that spot, filling in, um, whipping in some, some super dangerous balls. So um, yeah, that'll be interesting. And, um, and what he does, does he stay the same at center back? I don't know. There's, there's, there's a lot of things going into this game that I think, and obviously on the short rest, you know, hopefully, hopefully guys are healthy. Hopefully guys get through the week, um, you know, without, without any positive tests and, and every, both teams can be at full strength, but um, I'm interested to see the, the lineup that gets put out there and, and vice versa with Columbus. I think the big, the biggest one for me right now is uh, I, I think you put Gustav in and you move Christian to right mid for this game. I think Christian is, he knows how to play that position and he's going to give you that engine work that you need in a final to be out there. You know, JJ, as talented as he is, phenomenally talented, <clears throat> you know, in that Minnesota game, not impactful. Game before, not that impactful. Uh, and then Gustav comes in and, and is, you know, makes, makes a big impact in a short amount of time. And so I think, I think that'll be a change you see. I think right back, that's a tough one for me. Like, like you said, if Kelvin's 100% healthy and he feels good and he's, hey, coach, I'm, I'm good. I think that's okay because if he does get injured, then Roldan is just ready to step in if he does, if he has to. Um, But I think having that, there's a mental side when you're, you know, you're Columbus and you're sitting in the locker room and you see Kelvin on the board versus Roldan. I think that changes things tactically for the way that Columbus will play. Um, Because if I'm Columbus, I say, hey, even though this guy has done really well, that's the side I'm going to attack because getting in behind Nuhu is nearly impossible. Right. And this is really our, our option right now is, is to get behind. So, yeah, Schmetz got some tough decisions. Sometimes those things play out uh, by themselves and, you know, guys, how they feel and their numbers and stuff. 
Yeah, um, I, I agree with you with Gustav though. For for me, he was he was the best player on the field uh, last year in MLS Cup. I thought he completely bossed that game. Um, it's it's nice to have him back and, and and feeling good after after his quarantine. So yeah, for, for me, he's he's got to be on the field. Yeah. Um, and, and talk about Columbus's tactics going into this. I mean, we've played enough championship games to know what the other team is thinking. Yeah, I think they'll want to be the aggressor, like you were saying earlier, at home. I'm sure they would love to, to you know, pop one in there early and then, and then, and then rely on their, – their defense has been, has been pretty good uh, this year. Obviously, Mensa's had a well, – it was up for defender of the year. And I think Josh Williams next to him really allows him – to, to be that player really calms him down and, and is always talking to him. Um, I think that's an underappreciated part of, of what Columbus does. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's good. It's, uh, you know, Caleb as an organized team, has, has a certain way he likes to play, get the outside backs forward, um, get a lot of looks for, for Giassi, but um, it's, it's, I'm, I'm excited for me. These are the, these are the two best teams uh, of the year. And I'm excited. That's, that's the way it's played out in, for an MLS cup and, like I said, I just hope both teams are, are full strength and, you know, we get a good game. Steve and I were talking about it at, at the MLS's back tournament. I don't think at that time watching the Sounders that you would have predicted they would have been in the final. You know, the Sounders didn't look their best. The, you know, defensively, they were kind of all over the shop. But Columbus looked really good at that time, too. Yes. Uh, and, and, and these two teams actually did play earlier this year and tied 1-1. And uh, – they're very evenly matched. You know, Seattle figured it out. They turned the corner. And, uh, you know, as of, you know, August, they were already talking about, you know, Seattle looks like they'll probably be the favorite again to make a run. Um, that leaves us to a uh, couple of predictions. I don't know if you like to make predictions or not, but these are always tough. I always get predictions wrong. Always. Gotten one? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying not to – eliminate a fan base haven't played for both clubs but I think I think Seattle <laughs> Seattle pulls it out um I think I think Seattle catches catches Columbus on the counter and gets gets one early and kind of forces Columbus to to push it and then that just opens things up for for those front three in Seattle to to potentially grab a couple more but um yeah I think I think it's going to be a good game because because Columbus Columbus can score goals in bunches as well. Um, you've seen uh, Zelleron. You give up any any dangerous set pieces around the box. You know he can he can put it himself or, or whip in a great ball. And they got they got big dudes. That is one thing that they have on their team is um, two two center backs and Giassi are are dangerous on set pieces. And and that's been an area that um, you know Seattle's kind of struggled with a little bit this year is is defending set pieces. And you know hopefully that's not the case uh, on Saturday. Yeah, I I always think. The first player I think about, and I know Giassi's had, you know, another career year. This is three seasons in a row with over double-digit goals, which is insane. He, he obviously doesn't get enough credit for, for what he's done and, and where he's kind of come from. But it's always Nagby that seems to be the linchpin, you know, whether it's with Portland, it's with Atlanta. I don't know how you take a guy like that out of the game because when I watch it, it, it and Steve and I talk about this a lot, it just looks like he doesn't care ever. But – He's always on the ball. He always completes his passes. He skates out of tackles. I think you have to make him defend. And Nico either has to overload one side so often that it forces Nagby to defend because he's so dangerous when, you know, he picks up a ball and he just starts to skate. Uh, if they can do that, 
I love the drama of penalty kicks, and I would love to see this go to penalty kicks and the Sounders win again on pens. I think it would just be epic, and uh, I'd like to get a shot on goal at least, though, this time around. <laughs> yes. And uh, I just love the drama of penalties. I know people hate it. They'd love to see a route, but, man, something about a, um, a uh, MLS Cup win in penalties. Speaking of, on this day in 2016 – was our uh, championship game in Toronto in uh, about zero degrees. Yeah. Uh, that is the one thing I remember about that game was being so – I came off the bench being so cold, and I, I, I wasn't – I had um, sprained my ankle, what, the Colorado game at home. Yeah. So I had three, three or four weeks until MLS Cup, so I was training on the side, and I had short hair at the time, but I let it go for about a month and it got so long. I didn't realize that it was in front of my eyes. And so I remember always putting water on my hair before I went out. So I took off my gloves. I didn't want them to get wet. I put the water on my hands and went through my hair. And I remember within like 30 seconds, my hair froze. And I remember running and I threw my gloves off. I didn't have my gloves on. And then my hands just got stuck like uh, the hand in Scary Movie where he's dipping out the mashed potatoes. <laughs> That's how my hands looked. And, and then my hair. So I ran over and I was like, you got to cut my hair. So Cornish grabbed a pair of scissors. I put the hair in front of my eyes and just went, he just sliced it right across evenly above my eyebrows. So probably the only player to get a haircut during an MLS cup. And then I had to have Nolan put the gloves on my hands because I could not feel them. But afterwards you slide off the Jersey and you don't feel any cold. You're like so warm and and pumped up. Um, That was an epic moment. And uh, hopefully that's good vibes coming from uh, on this day in 2016 um that was a good day uh, i remember we were standing next to each other during the whole penalty shootout yeah that was Just, crazy i was i was terrified i guess you're you're a sick puppy you like moments like that but i was i was terrified yeah but usually i like to take the third penalty kick and i don't know if that's just because i was number three and that's just you know what i like to do but then schmetz just pointed he was like no you're number one and i was like oh you know uh-oh. Set the tone, dude. What do you mean? Oh, that, you never missed one in your entire career. Uh, yeah, but what a time to miss one if you <laughs> yeah, do. That's, that's worse, I'd rather not make all the other ones and make that one. <laughs> yeah. I'd rather go not, uh, whatever, 11 for tw- or 1 for 12 than uh, have 11 for 12 and miss that one. That would be terrible. Yeah. Um, Jovens' penalty was incredible. I'll never Jovens? That. Oh, my gosh. Well, yeah. I think we both looked at each other and we were like, <laughs> oh, my God. The best penalty like I think I've ever seen, ever. especially in that big of a situation, was yeah, oh, it was incredible. I don't think he meant to do it, but who knows? Who knows? I can remember after, after Roman, after Roman hit his, and we're all sprinting there. Both like we're obviously on a full out sprint to him and, and Steph, and both my calves cramp up <laughs> at the same time. I I, I hope. I hope someone has a video of this somewhere, but I I just fall like face really? first all down oh yeah i completely just cramp up and face plant and then get back up and try and pretend like it didn't happen and i'm celebrating but oh man oh Both my god somebody's you know gotta have that video if you anybody has that, that video feeling, we guys, like after a game where like both your hamstrings kind of cramp oh, up yeah. at the same time you can't do anything yeah especially on the bus or something and it's like yeah. tight quarters and your hamstrings go yeah um awesome hey chad thanks for joining uh this game should be should be an epic one saturday um 5 30 uh on um fox proper fox so a big occasion a big stage for the sounders to to get another one you want to sign us off here chad yeah thanks for having me on man this was fun 
Uh, looking forward to, to a good game. I think I'm going to be able to go to it. So that'll be fun seeing my two old clubs play for an MLS Cup uh, in the stadium I played 10 years in. And I think it's the last game at that stadium before they open up their new one. So uh, I can't miss this one. But, yeah, hopefully Sounders pull it off and, and get that third cup. Awesome. Now you got to go do a podcast with Columbus and you got to say, hey, hopefully Columbus pulls it off. And- no, I turned them all down. I turned them all down. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. Thank you, uh, Sounders fans. Um, good luck, and uh, we'll see you after Saturday.